Blog Talk Radio. Studios high atop the the balance studios in the west suburbs of Indianapolis. That must mean that it's time for you to spend time with El Presidente. I will guide you through the world of sports that we have known today. And uh, our our topic is today the pick is in. The long-anticipated NBA draft is here. We can finally stop talking about it. And for a change, we'll get to put on our homework card and talk a little bit about the Pacers and how they fared in the draft with their number seven pick. We're breaking down all the picks. Adam Jevedin, our partner in crime, super Cavs fans, super Browns fans, super Guardian fans, super Buckeyes fans. Well, hell, he's just our, our Swiss Army knife. We'll be here in just a moment. In fact, he's standing by in the balanced green room uh, to help us break down on Break down and oh wait, there's more. Tony Donahue from the Tony D podcast and the Fans Place will be here to help us uh, as well with uh, the NBA draft and homework card. Oh wait, there's more. <laughs> Steve Wilson of uh, Steve Wilson of SpeedwayDigest.com, editor in chief of SpeedwayDigest.com, our official NASCAR contributor, joins us from Nashville. As the Indy, I mean, not IndyCar this week, but NASCAR, roll on into Nashville. Stick around. It's about to get good. 917-889-8516. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family. So the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. 
Dad, I've got me! It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA Sultan mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le Piquet, which of course in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish, in the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what, actually, I'm, I'm just gonna order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Uh, 
I don't know. I think my favorite one is a three and a half foot tall tower. That's the Daily Bugle, okay. which is where Peter Parker works. Uh-huh. So it's it's a Spider-Man, it's a Spider-Man in, in, like tower. So there's all the details from like people working, but then there's also bad guys all around like the perimeter. And Spider-Man <laughs> busts the wall. It's really cool. I was getting ready to say, I, I thought for sure that it would involve some sort of Marvel character. So, good. Glad yeah. you, you did not let me down. The NBA draft, this is what, what we're talking about today. Uh, so, let's, let's get into this. And we're we're going to get into all the grades and, and, and analyze as many picks as we can, as long as we've got you here. And, of course, then Tony D from the Tony uh, D, D podcast and the fans place is going to join us as well. But let's get into this. Overall, just at a high-level overall rating, if you're looking at the, the NBA draft and, and you're watching it, what are your takeaways? You know, I think this, this draft was probably one of the deepest ones we've had in recent memory. Um, you kind of – I look at this draft, and I was like, there are contributors <laughs> all up and down um, this draft class. Maybe not a bunch of stars. Um, but a lot of guys that should be solid starters, solid contributors, and then obviously if they end up in the right situation, um, that, you know, they could blossom into that all-star um, type, type player. There's a few guys. There's three guys on the, the, the top of my head that, that, that I feel like right out the gate have all-star potential within their first couple seasons. Um, and then there's a few other ones that, that as you look at it, you go, okay, you could – you can see it. You can see the path forward. And then there's like a couple sleeper picks from the second round. So, yeah, it was, it was a solid draft, almost the opposite of what we said about the NFL draft, where I was about as down on this last <laughs> NBA draft or NFL draft as possible. <laughs> well, we're, we're, the story's still yet to be told about the NFL draft. And, and so we, we, we certainly have some time to, to talk about that. But, Let's talk about the number one overall pick uh, from uh, French French basketball, Victor Wimbatoa. You're always going to have to help me with this. Wimba Wimba Bambinya. Wimbanyama. Wimbanyama. Wimbanyanya. So how do we – we're going to have to come up with a nickname for him. He has a nickname. You just call him Wemby. So there you go. That's easy. All right. There it's like Gumby, just Wendy. Yep. <laughs> Gumby, I love it. Can we? Can you and I call him Gumby? You think? You think that'd be all right? I don't. I don't think so because that's. I don't know. I feel like there's <laughs> probably somebody that would get mad at us for that. I'll get him on the show and we'll say, "Hey, Gumby, what's up? What's up?" But I'll tell you what, though, dude's a beast. What is he? Seven foot four. Yeah, I think he's got an eight foot wingspan. I mean, I don't know. We've any, seen anything like this before. <laughs> I mean, obviously, we knew that he was going to go number one overall, but he, he, you know, how, how's you know, big guys? You don't know. You, you know, you think big guys are always going to be like LeBron James. They're not going to be like LeBron James. We see a lot of big guys come and go. Uh, obviously, uh, San Antonio got their big guy. What are your thoughts about the Wimby? So, so Wimby is Wimby is a is an incredible prospect. I mean, you've heard, there have been people talk about how he's the best prospect since LeBron James. I've heard he's the best prospect in the history of sports. And, and I'm like, okay, guys, this is. I heard that. I heard all of that the other night. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, 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 
you had you had some guys saying if he's not Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, he's a failure. And 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 the struggle that I have with that is like you're giving this kid zero zero margin, not just to not be great. Like if he made five All NBA teams and two MVPs, that's you're calling that a failure if he's not considered one of the top three best players of all time. Here's where that I, I hate that because LeBron has kind of ruined this idea for all of us. Everybody wants to be the next what? LeBron is the only prospect I can think of in NFL or NBA that had that high expectations and not only met them, but has exceeded them. When LeBron was coming in, we expected him to be top, a top 20 generational player in the history of the NBA. And I'd say at worst, people have him third if they're being realistic, like at worst, kind of the Mm -hmm. Michael, LeBron, Kareem is the argument for a lot of people, right? Um, But Wembenyama is unbelievably talented. He is also incredibly skinny. He has filled out. I just look at that frame and I go, I don't know how he's going to stay healthy for 82 games over the course of the 12 year career. I but absolutely 100% agree. You, you look at him and you just go, tantalizing talent. But the body on that talent, I don't know how it stays healthy. It's almost the opposite of Zion Williamson, where Zion was like, here is this player that plays with so much power, but will his weight get in his way? And so far, the answer has been yes, because Zion apparently doesn't know how to stay away from porn stars or McDonald's. So, <laughs> well, I've got the same problem. No, I'm just kidding. But hey, hey you, you know, here's the thing, and I'm glad you brought up that Zion uh, Williams because that's a very good comparison. I mean, I have we even heard anything about him for the most part? We heard a lot about him when he got out of Duke. We heard a lot about him when he was in Duke. Uh, but since he got in the NBA, you know, like you said, I, I didn't even know about the 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 porn stars at McDonald's. Not that that's a bad habit, but I'm just. <laughs> Kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, McDonald's is pretty cool. You've got to Melissa, feel to free to smack it. him later. That's, you're getting <laughs> permission from me. <laughs> Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm safe today because she's down in Tennessee. So there you go. Oh, okay. She's, she's down in Tennessee for a family reunion. But anyway, getting back on track, getting away from porn and McDonald's there. Uh, you know you've made this a topic for today, uh, Adam, you, you realize uh, that's yeah. not ever going to go away. But uh, <laughs> when when we saw San Antonio win the draft, conspiracy theory, conspiracy theory, conspiracy theory, didn't your mind immediately go, okay, well, they're going to get Wemby? It, I mean, it's it was a yeah, foregone I mean, conclusion. Wemby, Wemby has been the foregone conclusion to go number one in this, in this draft for the last, like, three years. And mm-hmm. the Spurs, it wasn't like they were way, way, way outside. They had the worst record in the league. So it wasn't like – they were tied to the worst. It wasn't like this was they were they had like the eleventh best odds and they won the lottery. Um, the the thing about Wembenyama, like I said, is we've seen we've seen to your point, big guys get to the NBA and struggle with. My concern with him would be leg issues. Remember the great Greg Oden from right here in Indianapolis. Oh yeah. That oh yeah. Went number one to Another guy. Ohio Another State. Guy. And and lasted 
three seasons of injury-riddled time on the bench. That's what I worry about for a guy exactly. with his body exactly. type. So exactly. Can he stay on the floor? I don't know. Now, if we want to start going down the rest of the picks, I kind of got a sequence for this. You want, you want, if, do you want the top three guys after Wemby of who I think has all-star potential and who is the dumbest pick of the draft? Um, absolutely. Speaking of all-stars, All right. though, let's pause that for a second. They're gonna, the all-stars are, is now moved to Lucas Oil Stadium here in Indianapolis. How exciting yeah. is that going to be to have the all-stars back here in Indianapolis? You and I should go together. We've got time to plan it. You and I should I mean, I want to go to all – I don't care about going to the game. I want to go to the slam dunk contest, three-point shootout, all that stuff. Yeah. I know they're going to have, like, a big thing downtown like they did for the Super Bowl. So I'll probably take Oliver when that point happens, like the fan zone or all that stuff. No, I'm, I'm excited. Love I'm it. ready for it. I love it. And where I work, you know where I work, I actually get discounted uh, tickets and uh, parking. So there you go. Nice. Use and abuse me, brother. Use and abuse me. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later. But, yeah, go ahead. Give me your, your top five uh, winners and losers of the NBA draft. Yeah, so, so I think that I think after, after the Spurs, obviously getting Wembenyama because he is a generational talent if he can stay healthy. Yeah. The second biggest yeah. winner was the Portland Trailblazers getting Scoot Henderson number three. Scoot Henderson should not have been number three. In almost any other draft, Scoot Henderson would have been number one. He is, I mean, he is a point guard, crossover guard prospect similar to Derrick Rose that already shoots better and doesn't have injury concerns heading into the league. Um, it allows them to do this reset of their team without having to immediately trade Damian Lillard so they can wait for the best package. They can wait for the best package to use Dame to help progress their organizational plan forward. Um, after that, I really like um, Amen Thompson going at number four for the Rockets. He's got, like, off the freaking charts athleticism. Um, and the Rockets are in full rebuild, rebuild mode. We'll see if that gets expedited with the potential return of James Harden. I don't think Harden is the player he once was. Most people don't, but apparently – a lot of people still get hyped about James Harden. I just happen to not be one of them because uh, the dude just parties relentlessly. Um, after that, I actually, for you, Indiana Panthers fans, love the pick of Jarrett Walker. He is perfect for what the Pacers are trying to build. I, when they drafted I just, Koulibaly, I was like, what are we doing? We got Matherin last year. We already have Duarte that comes off the bench. What is going on? Uh-huh. And then 10 minutes later, they flipped the pick to Washington, picked up a few more draft assets, and got Jairus Walker, who I thought was the perfect, perfect pick to Miles Turner. Miles can yes. play center. Jairus is a bit – I mean, dude's got some guns on him, Tom. I don't know if you okay. looked at pictures of Walker, but, like uh, – of course, we've looked at pictures of of him since he's here. We tweeted out, you know, welcome, welcome to We'll just say that, like he's he's but he's, he's a already. I think he will come in as a as an elite defender. Offense, we'll see. But he's got big time athleticism to hit the boards, defend, pick up garbage points. 
if you remember some of those Cavs runs, not some of those Cavs runs, the four-year run where we matched up against the Warriors four consecutive seasons in the finals, mm-hmm. Jared yeah. Walker is like Tristan Thompson, but more athletic. Um, and, and those guys are awesome. For you Pacers fans that you're like, I don't know what that means. Think Dale Davis with more hops. Um, and that's what you're getting. If you can, if he's going to bring you strong defense, ideally like in his rookie season, like 12 and 8 is doable. Um, we'll see how his shot comes along he he shot it some in college um but houston they were i don't think their competition was as good as it could have been so it's really hard to see how well that will translate but at minimum you got the perfect fit next to miles turner from a defensive perspective it'll allow halliburton um and some of the other guys on the wing to really just not have to worry about rim protection because he's a good shot blocker it was a absolute knockdown perfect pick um, I really like well, a few other picks. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I I, I, tell you, I I jumped the gun though. I'm I'm so glad that you, that you uh, you that I that you corrected me when you did because we were about ready to send the wrong tweet out. So I appreciate you uh, giving me that information because my next text to you would have been, why? <laughs> what yeah. do we see here? So, <laughs> I, no, I jumped I the gun on that. <laughs> I was like, what are they doing? So, let's talk about the Warriors. I mean, what, how do you think I, – I wasn't that excited about their first-round pick. I, I should be, I guess, because everybody else is, but I, I'm not. I don't I – don't, I think that the Warriors, if you want to call them a dynasty, I don't want to use that word, but I think their days of being prominent – or in the review mirror for the moment. What do you think? Um, you know, it's hard to tell. They made the trade for, for Chris Paul, got rid of Jordan Poole. I wasn't a big Jordan Poole fan. I think he had one good year, and then, and then Bob Myers gave him a big contract, and he's a, he's a child. Uh, the fact that he was picking fights with teammates um, and then taking mm-hmm. shots away from Steph Curry, like there's nobody that should be taking shots away from Steph Curry. Um, I... You know, I don't know. I, I, I thought then getting Trace Jackson Davis, like at the end of the second round, was phenomenal. Until the yeah. time need that they have. I actually I mean, surprised that he. Of their, he yeah. Uh, I'm I mean, surprised he went that late. was almost better than their first round pick. Um, if I'm, I mean, if we're going to be honest. Uh, you know, I, I really think the Warriors. I, I, are they are they a championship contender? I don't know. I don't know how well Chris Paul fits. Everybody's like, oh, it'll fit fine. But Chris Paul, everywhere he's been, wants to play slow. And the rest of the Warriors, they don't want to play slow. So will Chris Paul help them in, like, when it gets to the playoffs in the half-court game? Yeah, if he's healthy. Um, it More than anything, it allows them to hopefully, like, reset the chemistry <laughs> because Draymond Green did not want to be in Golden State as long as Jordan Poole was still there. Um, and they'd rather keep Draymond than lose Draymond and keep Jordan Poole. So do I think their championship window is over? No, but it's, it's, the window is closing rapidly. We're, we'll say it's like three inches tall at the moment. Um, we're talk- especially when we're we talk about it. Denver is going to be right back up there. And, and who knows what about Phoenix? They don't have any depth, but they've got stars. We're talking with Adam Jivinan. 
our partner in crime. Uh, we're talking about the NBA draft. We're going to break down these. Right, let's go through these. I, I don't know how much how much longer can you stay on with this, Stuart? Uh, um, I can go for just a few minutes over. Yeah. Okay. Well, Tony's going to be joining us too, but that's fine. I just wanted to make sure we got through some of these picks, though. So we 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 think. Well, we don't think. We know that uh, that San Antonio obviously is the winner. A plus with Wimby. That was a no brainer yep. for them. Whoever won the lottery, yep. they knew they were who they were getting. Let yep. me ask you this. Well, no, maybe because we're just playing what would have, could have been, and should have been. Had the Pacers won the lottery, would they have picked Wimby? Every single team would have taken Wimby. Okay, great. That's kind of what I, I he, wanted to hear you say, that, but I yeah. didn't know. I just know the Pacers can do some stupid stuff from time to time. All right, let's they talk about the Hornets. I, I mean, I, I, was very, I was very pleased with what they did. Very, very pleased with what I, they did. I am too. Let's talk about the Charlotte Hornets. Not really impressed. I, I, I kind of maybe don't give them a passing grade here with Brandon Miller out of Alabama. No. Maybe a C, a C, maybe a C. What are your thoughts? I give the Charlotte Hornets an F. Brandon oh, you Miller. Oh, you lower than I did. So, like I said, I wasn't that yep. impressed with it. So, you went straight no, out and failed them. Straight out failed. Jude Henderson is not only a better prospect, he's got his head on his shoulders. He also didn't help give a teammate a gun that the teammate then used to help murder someone. Um, oh, he is he selfish. Dang, Adam. Man, you know? Considering what the Memphis Grizzlies have been going through with John Morant, this is the most, like, tone-deaf selection at number two. John Morant just got suspended 25 games for posting tweets of him holding, like, guns and being surrounded by yep. money and all this other stuff. Yep. And then you freaking draft Brandon Miller number two. Who has – it's not even like a, oh, has he done anything? Like, Jaw, we don't know if he's done anything. <laughs> he has done something. Like, we know this. It's a fact at this point. He supplied a gun that a teammate used to kill someone. And the word is, is he knew what he used. You don't give somebody a gun if you don't anticipate them using it. Period. It was just uh, – it's, it's yeah, so absolutely. tone deaf by Michael Jordan and his last pick as owner of the Charlotte Hornets. It's laughable. It, it is yeah, and that's that that Drew Henderson is a better prospect. You know, that does surprise me. I mean, especially with who owns that team. I guess that's, the, that's one of the biggest shockers of it all. But we've got to move on down the line here. Portland Trailblazers, let's give them an A for Scoot Henderson. Scoot, Scoot, Boogie. Yep. what do you think? Oh, I, I, Scoot's fantastic. I've been high on Scoot for the last two years. Like, he's – we're talking about, like I said, this kid is, from an, a basketball IQ perspective, he comes into me, he looks like Chris Paul and Derrick Rose's body, which is holy crap. <laughs> holy crap, I'm jealous, right? <laughs> yeah. But he's only 6'2". I mean, for basketball, that's small. You know, but he's – No, well, but he's going to be a point guard. See, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, Dame is 6'3". I agree. Give them an A. Let's move on down the list. Let's talk about the Houston Rockets. Amen. 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 Aaron Thompson, I personally give him, I give them an A for this pick. I think that he was the next best player on the board. They didn't overthink it. They just took the best player available. 
Um, is there a little bit of crossover with some players on the roster? Yeah, but the Rockets are a dumpster fire. So you take the best player and move on. Well, they need a lead guard. All the, the James Harden talk was and is non-syndical, non can I use that word, non, non-syndical, and much yeah. more of a defense. I mean, Thompson could be the best table setter and, and stopper in the draft. Uh, I mean, uh, that's my thought. Give him an A. All right. We've only failed one person so far. I mean, one team and person, for that matter. 917-889-8516 is our digits if you want to join in the conversation. Detroit Pistons and Azor, Azar Thompson. Again, you're going to have to help me with the name. Let's give them a B. For my purposes, I'm giving them a B. The modern NBA doesn't have a lot of openings for non-shooting wings who play off the ball. And, and Detroit doesn't really have a, a stretch big to uh, – alleviate the spacing concerns. So it's a passing grade. I'll give him a B. Thompson's shooting is, is a huge swing uh, skill that he has. So, But, uh, I mean, there's a lot to like about this pick. What are your thoughts? Thompson, this is the thing that's tough. is isn't as good as his twin brother who went one pick before. Um, he's very clearly the lesser of the two prospects of, amongst those two twins. Um, I, I don't know how he fits with Detroit, if I'm going to be honest right now. But that's – I mean, they do now have a phenomenal coach in Monty Williams who got a raw deal in Phoenix. Um, and he's playing along two, two Wayne studs um, in Cade Cunningham and then Jaden Ivey out of Purdue, um, their rookie last year. So Thompson doesn't have the athleticism, and he can't shoot. That's, that's my problem is – you're talking it's a 3 and D prospect that can't three. So are you just drafting a hopefully defensive stopper at five? Uh, I'll give him a B minus because there's still roster holes left to fill, and I could understand kind of splitting hairs. But that was that's my take. All right, let's go with the Orlando Magic. They pick up Anthony Black out of Arkansas. Uh, good pick. I'm going to give him a passing grade here. I'll give him at least a B, B plus, maybe even an A minus. I mean, the Magic arguably entered the night with more point guards than, than they needed, and they added another here. I actually like that since it shows Orlando felt Black was the best player available and valued that more than anything. That's, that's a smart move for any rebuilder to make. And we do got to admit that the Orlando Magic are definitely in the rebuild mode. So uh, Mr. Black could probably help it. What are your, what are your thoughts? Uh, I disagree. I do think disagree. right position, wrong player. Anthony Black so he, cannot shoot. He shoots under 24% from three. All of these can't act high athleticism, can't shoot point guards. All of them play out within four years. We're talking Emmanuel Moutier. We're talking um, Michael Carter-Williams. Uh, I mean, there's, the list is long. Um, it, it's, it's, I, I, don't get, I don't get point guards that can't shoot. Can they develop a shot later? Sure. Does it happen ever? There's like two I can think of in recent memory that, can do, that have developed a shot. One was Ricky Rubio. But even Ricky Rubio was highly overdrafted. Rubio was drafted over Steph Curry, for crying out loud, um, but couldn't shoot. But they were like, oh, he has court vision. He has athleticism. He has all this other stuff. But if you can't shoot as a point guard, then the defense is able to take away 
what you're trying to do from a passing perspective because they know they don't have to fear you shooting over the top of them. So it takes away passing lanes. So all they basically do is sag off, dare you to shoot, and it takes away your passing lanes. It's not like when with Steph where you got to worry about a blow-by or you got to worry that he's going to take one step, he's going to hit a step back from 38 feet away. Black can't shoot. The Magic already well, have still, enough dudes on their team that can't shoot. <laughs> Why do they do that? <laughs> well, well here, here's the thing. Still, his combination of size, smart, skill is enough to, a reason for me to buy in. Orlando will have a will have to clear out its backcourt congestion. There's no doubt about it at some point. But that's because Black might already be the best in the bunch. You don't think so, though? Disagree? No, because he can't shoot. Just you don't last long in the NBA if you can't shoot. And he's got it. It's ugly. It's ugly as sin. Joining us now is Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast and the Fans Place. Tony, how are you, sir? Happy Saturday. Hey. Hey, man, we're we're just we're just sitting here bantering. Me and Adam are about about the NBA draft. Uh, so we'll we'll let, let you chime in where where we're at here. I gave the Orlando Magic a passing grade for picking up Anthony Black. Adam says no, we can't shoot, can't do that. I say, well, you know, he's probably the best in the bunch that they got there. So we'll let you pick up on this conversation. I gave him a B. Um, Adam is not giving me his grade yet. Adam, real quickly, what's your grade for for this pick for for Black? D. He's a point guard that can't shoot. <laughs> All right. Well, we've only failed one person so far, and that's uh, one team so far, and that's uh, Charlotte. But go ahead, uh, uh, Tony. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, are they really going to need him to shoot too much, though? I mean, you've got, you know, Franz Wagner, who is really good, Paulo Banchero, see who they pick up. Um, yeah, you know, uh, he shot 30% from three in college. It's probably not – that's something that's going to have to go up, but it's it's harder to shoot in the NBA three-wise than it is, obviously, in college. Um, I think it was a little bit of a stretch at the sixth position. I think he's a good, a good player. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know – we're, we're debating the Orlando Magic on a Saturday morning, though. That's, I think that's that, – is that, is that the bigger question? <laughs> that's the bigger question, absolutely. Well, let, we'll let you just uh, go around with this when we're down to, to the number six. But certainly we'd love to get your, your thoughts on San Antonio. Wimby, obviously, that's a foregone conclusion. Has been for a while as soon as we saw San Antonio win of the, the lotto. I, and, you know, we absolutely, both of us, failed the Charlotte Horn, Hornets. Brandon Miller from Alabama does not even need to be playing in the NBA. So those are the two highlights. And, of course, we talked a little bit about the Pacers, a great pickup for the Pacers and Walker. So those three teams, and feel free to chime in on our Indiana Pacers. Maybe they finally got something right. And, and I, you also, both of you guys corrected me, and I want to tell you, I sent text to both of you at the same time, and you both came back at me at the same time. So both of you kept me from sending out the wrong tweet. So, Tony, I applaud you for that as well. Uh, but go ahead. What are your thoughts on, on those teams? We'll start with the Pacers. I mean, this is the guy that they wanted. They had, they had Jairus Walker circled. Um, they, they, they liked Grady Dick coming in last week, but Dick had a very bad uh, workout with the Pacers last Thursday. He was the only person that worked out. It was an individual workout, and he did not shoot the basketball well. Um, Walker was who they wanted. They traded back that one spot, basically grabbed some cash, grabbed some, uh, grabbed some draft assets for the future, which, you know, you never know. I mean, second-round picks, everybody looks at them and says, well, who cares? There's one out of every ten of those second-round picks, you know, 
becomes somebody, becomes efficient. But, um, you know, to have that draft capital. The other draft, the other pick that the Pacers, you know, traded, you weren't going to bring in four first-round guys. You just don't have the roster space for that. Um, then I think they had the 33rd or 34th overall pick. Um, I thought the Pacers overall had about a B-plus draft. Uh, we'll see what this kid can do out of Belmont. He's a shooter. Um, if he could stay healthy and, 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 and bring you seven points right off the bench over the next year or two, I think he'll take that. I don't think the expectations are too high on him right now. If he pans out, he pans out. If he doesn't, he doesn't. I did like the uh, pickup of Oscar Tshibwe from Kentucky. I think he's a, he's a big man mm-hmm. that can get in there. I agree. Um, he's, um, he's physical. Um, you know, he might he might take some of those minutes that uh, like Isaiah Jackson's gotten, and, and he might be able to challenge Jalen Smith as well. Um, so I like that. Uh, the Spurs, obviously, you know, you give them an A-plus. You get the number one pick. You get somebody who everybody believes can be, you know, the future of this league and can be a guy with his eight-foot wings, can win your basketball games, and, and, and you kind of hit the reset button if you're the Spurs like you did back in, what, 1997 or 1998 with Tim Duncan, and you, and you see what other guys you can build around them. So, um, But, but yeah, I, I wasn't upset at all with the Pacers draft. I did, I did it really well. Got who they wanted to get while also – gaining some cash and gaining some assets as well. Adam, you know, uh, let, let's, we'll get back on, we're, we're just going through the picks here, but you know, we, the, the Pacers were at number seven all along, all, all since we knew they were at seven, we were like, okay, who, who are they going to pick? Who's going to be the number seven pick? Who's going to be it? And then at the last minute, they decided to make some moves and obviously traded over to the Washington Wizards who, who got the number seven pick and they picked up Kolobi. uh, so what are your thoughts on, on and what, what kind of a grade do you give them on that? I give them a C. I'll pass them for it, but I think they could have done better with the seven pick. I'm actually disappointed that they didn't do better with the seven pick because we gave it to them. That's just the way I look at it. But go ahead, Adam. Yeah, I, I mean, the cool about pick, it's okay. Uh, he has high potential. <laughs> he had it already. Um, I look at Washington and going, okay, they're at this point, they're just trying to – to create the worst roster and rebuild this thing. They, they got rid of Porzingis. Um, they obviously got rid of Bradley Beal. And, and the, the package for Bradley Beal wasn't revealed until yesterday. But they got 10 draft picks for him. I mean, what is Phoenix doing? Um, I don't understand because I don't even know how Bradley Beal sits next to Devin Booker. But whatever. <laughs> I, I, so, I think I like what Washington did with other things more than what they did in the actual draft. Yeah. Well, Adam, I know you said you can only stay till about now. So uh, I, I always ask, like to ask people where they find your work and masterpieces. But hey, man, unless you're really close to Adam Jividen and with him on Facebook, well, I just kind of wonder what he's up to. <laughs> you know, he's building Legos, right? With with Ollie. Yeah. Hundred percent. So. Any, any final words of wisdom, sir, before we let you go? No, I mean, I, I'm just, at this point now, we're, we're kind of settled in for the summer. Um, basketball's done. Training camp's going to start here in a few weeks. Um, you know, I'm just I'm, – I'm looking forward to – it's been a, a relatively cool June. We'll see what July brings. But, no, I'm just – I'm already gearing up for football. That's just how I am. So, so well, yeah, you know, but you I know what you enjoy get. the next – Six weeks. You know, you know what you could do in the slow season. You could become what? a fan of both NASCAR and IndyCar. 
Like, that'll, <laughs> We've been that'll working on this busy. for years. We'll see. I know. <laughs> not happened. It's not happened. Maybe we get Tony. Tony, you got to convince this guy to become a, a, a race fan. He thinks all they do is make turns. <laughs> <laughs> all right, buddy. We'll see you later, Adam. Have a good day. All right. We'll see you again. again. <laughs> Adam Jividen, our partner in crime, our Swiss Army knife. He talks with us about this about everything been on the show for years uh but we'll pick up where we left off obviously we talked a little bit about the pacers do you have any more to add about the pacers i i mean i like walker i think you know finally they did something right and we've got a good mix there i mean we for the last couple of years tony so we as pacers fans we said okay well this is the year this is the year well the only thing that indiana might be good for right now is rebuilding so that's what they're doing. Any final thoughts on Walker? Um, I mean, you know, I was I'm a big fan of him. That's who they wanted. Um, you know, they gained two second round picks by moving back that spot and some cash, which I thought was uh, you know, they also traded that number twenty nine and thirty two to the Nuggets. Um, and then they traded that fortieth pick. You know, they they got some cash. They they need to go after free agents, they need to go after some guys that, that have talent that have been in the NBA for a while that uh <laughs> You know, are veterans that, that that are wing players that can score the basketball. I mean, they've got some really good young pieces. Uh, Miles Turner is, is, is past 25 now. So, um, Tyrese Halliburton is obviously the future. That's the piece that they're going to build around. Benedict Matherin is going to start this year in his second season. He had he he, he, signed, he showed signs of brilliance. Um, I think there's still maybe a trade or two coming as far as can you move Chris Duarte? What do you do with a few other players? So, um, yeah, we'll see what Ben Shepard can do with that 26 pick. Seems to be a pretty good shooter. Um, but, yeah, overall, I thought it, was a, thought it was a pretty good draft for the Pacers. Well, definitely. If Walker's uh, shooting pans out, this could be a home run for the Pacers. If it doesn't, well, he still looks like a snug fit for the for the roster. So, yeah, good. Good pick. Let's, uh, we're, we're at the Utah Jazz, T- Taylor Hendricks uh, uh, out of uh, Florida. Um you know, nothing too exciting here. The the, the Jazz probably could have uh, taken a bigger upside swing here. But uh, the fit, I think, is there. I'll give him a passing grade. Give him a, at least a B. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on Jazz in the number nine pick with Taylor Hendricks? Yeah, I like Hendricks. He's, he's, he's a good player that kind of fits that, that young, exciting core of the Utah Jazz. I mean, if you watch the Jazz last year, everybody kind of thought, oh, well, they're you know, after they got rid of Mike Conley and – and Donovan Mitchell went to the Cavs. This team was kind of not going to pension, but, but Colin Sexton, uh, Larry Markkinen had a breakout season. Um, you know, you had some other pieces that, that played really well. Now, now, now you're adding a few uh, few rookies to the mix. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was a good pick for them. I think that, um, you know, the Jazz are a team, they're not going to, they're not going to win the West, but they're going to win some games next year. And um, I, it was, it, I thought it was a good pick that kind of kind of fits with with, with the direction that they're going. Well, uh, Oklahoma gets their guy out of uh, Kentucky. Uh, not super exciting. Uh, not super boring either, for that matter. I, I guess it's somewhere in the middle. And, and you know, they say either be good or be bad or be mediocre. I, I put him in the, in the mediocre stage uh with uh, uh Carson Wallace from Kentucky going to Oklahoma uh pardon the pun here but I don't think there's going to be much thunder in Oklahoma City with Wallace yeah Wallace is uh, he's, he's a bit of a project um you know he is a guy that can, can can push the tempo and 
And this is a team, um, you know, that is going to play fast. They, they play fast. And this is a guy that'll, that'll fit that system. Um, you know, they had, they had a few pick swaps going on this Thunder. They're trying to move things around. Um, you know, but he's a, he's a point guard and he's a great defender. He can push the tempo and he should, he should play really well uh, behind Shai Gilders Alexander, who also went to Kentucky, uh, Josh Giddy and Lou Dort. They're kind of their, 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 their young core right there. And I, I think that he'll fit as a great backup point guard uh, to be able to push. You know, earlier when you first got on, on the call, we were talking about the magic. And like you said, here on a Saturday morning, we're talking about the magic, but here we're talking about the magic. God that gave them credit for their first pick, but then now I got to turn around and give them an absolute miserableness for uh, uh, their, their, their pick with Jed Howard out of Michigan. Um, I, I don't know. I guess I just – I mean, why not Grady Dick or Jordan Hawkins instead? I, I guess I, I don't understand the logic of, of, of what they did here. Um, this is a puzzler for me anyway. What are, your, what are your thoughts? Did you get the same impression that I did? You know, I mean, it's, it's probably on on paper right now. It, it doesn't look like maybe the, the, the greatest pick. Um with 11, um, you, you're taking a risk on, on some big upside, which, which I'm always down for. Um, you know, but, but he, he can play, man. He is a good player. He's a little bit of a late bloomer. And that's kind of, that, that, that was the shock there at 11. Um, he's still very young. Uh, he's got a lot, you know, to, to learn. He's got a lot to, to figure out. Um, as we know, his dad, obviously, um, you know, was a little awkward rubbing his wife's uh, kneecap during this. Um, I saw but, that. I was like, what is yeah. going on there? <laughs> be a little bit of a stretch. But, hey, if that's your guy and, and, and you've done your research and that's the guy that you want and that's the guy you want to you want to pair up with, <laughs> with that young core, um, you know, you're taking a risk that, hey, you know, if he, if he shows up, he shows up and we can get him in the rotation and get him some minutes, great. If not, you know, he's either a draftable or he's either a tradable commodity or it just doesn't work out. So, yeah, a little bit of a stretch, uh, but, but, but let's give him some time to work and get in there. So let's talk a little bit about the Dallas Mavericks. We love to either love or hate the Dallas Mavericks, and they just depending on what, what year it is. Uh, but they, they got a great – again, i got to use a pun. They got a very lively pick. Uh, <laughs> it's too early for this. And, uh, they, they, got, they traded their pick, obviously, through the Thunder got uh, Derek Lively, uh, the center out of Duke. Always exciting to see Duke players come and go, and unless you, you were uh, uh, Zion Williamson. Remember, he was the big guy everybody talked about, everybody talked about. Do we even talk about Zion Williamson now? And, unless we're talking about porn and, porn and McDonald's. I don't know. But <laughs> I digress. We, we went down that road earlier. We, we, won't, we won't go back that, down that road. But Dallas can plug him into a, a finishing role right now and let, let him clean things up behind Luka and presumably Ky- Kyrie Irving down the road. The Mavericks might be thrilled to find out what Lively has become. What are your thoughts about Lively uh, out of Duke headed to uh, Dallas? Well, I mean, you know, you need a rim protector because we know that Kyrie Irving cannot play defense. Um, so you need a guy that can that, that can run that pick and roll on offense with, with Luka and a guy that can kind of cover Kyrie's ass when he gets burned, um, you know, playing defense. So um, I like to think there's a major upside here. Uh, he stretches the floor out. 
Um, he's got a pretty decent jump shot. It's not the best in the world, but uh, he's a top-level rim protector, and that's certainly what Dallas needs. What do you think about the future of Luka? I mean, is he the future of Dallas, or is he the future of somebody else? Yeah, I mean, you're going to pick Luka over Kyrie if this doesn't work out. Um, but there, there has been small rumbles of Luka. Um, but, you know, he's a generational talent, and, and, and I don't know if you're Mark Cuban, you, you think about letting him go. Um, but in the process of that, you don't want to make moves that are going to make him unhappy. And if he starts getting unhappy with the Kyrie Kyrie signing and, and that kind of thing, um, you know, then you got to then you got to realize, okay, well, we're making all these moves and he's not happy. That's going to make him want to leave. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, but you got to keep Luca happy. I think that's the franchise. We don't want to go too far down into the, to this rabbit hole with the NBA draft, but we'll get a couple more teams in. Uh, number 13 pick, uh, Toronto Raptors, uh, Grady Dick out of Kansas. We liked watching him in college, 6'8", uh, uh, swing man. I think he's he's got a, about a 45, 40 to 45% uh uh, shooting uh, percentage, uh, you know, so I'm great kid to watch. I it was really liked watching him in, in college. Uh, and we know Toronto loves length, uh, you know, so, I mean, Dick fits the Raptors. It's it's a good fit for them. I, I give them a pass. I definitely would say a, a B-plus or an A-minus here. Yeah, Grady's a shooter, and, and, and um, he's the guy that has a lot of confidence. Um, he can play defense, and he was – he was key to a lot of success last year. And, and I think, I think the NBA and the, and the Raptors look at um, what, 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 what Brown did this year for the, uh, for the Denver Nuggets coming off, bringing that energy, not being able to shoot, but being able to drive and, and what he, and, and him being a former Kansas product. So I like Grady Dick, uh, very, very similar to uh, Gordon Hayward, you know, 10, 15 years ago when he was drafted. Um, and we'll see how he fits up there in Toronto. One more team, uh, and then we get a couple more things to, to go before we let you go. But uh, New Orleans Pelicans get Jordan Hawkins. This is a good pick for them. I certainly give them a, a, an A. Uh, New Orleans needs all the breathing room they can get around Zion Williamson, as long as he calls the Big Easy home anyway, and just found an incredible source of it in, in Hawkins. Hawkins is the future of New Orleans. I could be wrong, could be over overstimulating this, but but uh, more than a few mocks at Hawkins uh, slipping out of the lottery. Uh, so that never really made much sense to me. I think this is a great pick for New Orleans. And, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with Zion Williamson, but that's a story for another day. But uh, what are your thoughts on, on Hawkins going to the Pelicans? I think Hawkins is going to have to gain a little bit of weight. Um, he's very thin, and he's going he's gonna to get some of the, the defensive matchups that um, are in his favor, being next to Brandon Ingram, being next to C.J. McCollum. Uh, he is a great shooter. He's got to work on that defense. Uh, and you're right. I mean, you're going to have to be able to hit shots because C.J. McCollum, shooter, Brandon Ingram, shooter. If Zion's healthy, he'll get doubled down low. So there's going to be a lot of kick-out opportunities for a guy like Jordan Hawkins in the knockdown time. You know, real quickly, let's talk about that, going back to that number two pick with the Charlotte Hornets. Um Good move, bad move, I don't know, but I feel like it was a bad publicity move for Michael Jordan and the Charlotte Hornets to pick up Brandon Miller out of Alabama. Maybe I'm getting too in the weeds and too technical with what we know about uh, Brandon Miller in Alabama, and we've talked about him on the show. Does he deserve a roster spot, and does he deserve a number two pick? And does, I mean, Michael Jordan's one for giving people chances, I get it, but, I mean, is this a, is this a chance they should have 
take it. Brandon Miller, should he be – I guess the question is, should he be in the NBA? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, you know, with, with the talent-wise, obviously you've got the talent to be in the NBA if you're the number two overall pick. I didn't really like him or uh, Henderson at two and three. I think both of those guys, you've got some issues off the court. Uh, you, you've got a lot of question marks. And, and you just hope as an organization in Charlotte and with Michael Jordan, you say, okay, we believe in who we have here to make sure that this kid stays clean, this kid makes 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 this team better, stays out of trouble, and gets his mind right. I mean, you know, you think about some of these guys that, that they don't come from much and they have basketball talent, and you end up with all this money and things go haywire and you forget that you're here to play basketball and you're here to be on a basketball roster and play in the NBA. And, and playing in the NBA just because you're the number two pick, as we well know, doesn't mean that you're going to be in the NBA long. doesn't mean you're going to be in the NBA forever. doesn't mean you're going to make a lot of money. So uh, they're going to have to – the Hornets are going to have to trust in their front office and the, and, and the teammates and the people that are built that – are, that are there around him every day to keep him uh, from straying off to a bad path. Um, the, he's a bit lean, so he can gain some weight real quick. That would be a problem. He's a hell of a talent. Uh, but, again, can, can you make sure that, that, that the most important thing – for Brandon Miller is playing basketball and staying on that basketball court. Absolutely agree, 100%. Hopefully Michael Jordan can, can turn things around. Obviously, if you've got somebody to mentor you, that's the, that's the guy to do it. Well, we, we know that the, the All-Stars are going to be here in Indianapolis, but we also know, found out this week, that they are going to be at Lucas Oil Stadium. And it's going to be a, really a huge event. And we remember they've been here before. They, of course, we remember when the NBA Finals were here in Indianapolis. What, what do you think the, the atmosphere? Is it going to be an NBA final atmosphere? Is it going to be Big Ten final atmosphere? Certainly not Super Bowl atmosphere. Well, it's going to be great. It's certainly a great economic thing. You've got to get down there. I know we'll be going there, and you know where I work. And where I work, I get parking and, and wait for it, discount, hugely discounted tickets. I won't tell you how much. But nonetheless, uh, I plan on being down there. Uh, it'll be the first time I've ever gone to an All-Stars game. So uh, what are your thoughts about Lucas Oil, the whole uh, thing here in Indianapolis? Uh, we live here, so we know what, how exciting it is when these big events come to Indianapolis. But what are your thoughts about the All-Stars uh, being at Lucas Oil Stadium? <laughs> yeah, I think it's a great move by the city of Indianapolis, the Pacers organization, the Colts to come together um, and bring um, – you know, the NBA All-Star Saturday night to Lucas Oil Stadium. You allow more fans to be able to attend. Uh, the tickets will be affordable for families and, and people that want to go with more seats. Um, All-Star Saturday night is always a great time, always one of my favorite nights. I can't wait to attend the slam dunk and the three-point. Uh, oh, yeah. But, yeah, I think it's a great idea. I think it's um, going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it immensely. And it's going to be a great weekend for Indianapolis. It's something that we've been waiting for, obviously, through the, uh, through the pandemic. Um, and it's something that is going to be uh, a lot of fun. And I can't wait to check it out. It's going to be great for the city. It's going to be great for the economic impact. And, uh, man, it's just going to be a great overall weekend. Hopefully everybody stays safe. And it's a, it's a fun, safe, affordable weekend. Absolutely. Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast and the Fans Place. Real quickly, I know you were up at Road America last week. Uh, exciting race it was. Pelot scored, scored his uh, third win of the season at Road of America, extending his lead to 74 points over Marcus Erickson. Uh Certainly, the, you've got, uh, you know, some tight, tight point races. I like how Joseph Newgarden 
uh, was. Uh, so just maybe give us a recap of Road America and what's to come up with IndyCar. Uh, yeah, I mean, Pelot just stays hot. You know, Colton Herta dominated that race, but the field strategy kind of changed the way that 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 he was that he had to run those last five to seven laps, and it, it made him go from first all the way back to fifth. So it was a disappointing run for Colton Herta. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, Pelot just stays absolutely hot. He's one of the he is the hottest driver in the series. It's crazy to think about because Marcus Erickson is having such a good year in second mm-hmm. in points, yet he's so far back. Uh, just based on how hot Alex Pelot has been. Uh, you think about the last month and a half for Pelot, um, you've got a pole to 500, you've got a Grand Prix win, you got a Detroit win, now you got a Road America win. He probably should have won the Indianapolis 500 if not getting taken out by Renus VK. In that race, he goes to the back of the field and then comes all the way back up to end up finishing um, still fourth in the 500, which was which was excellent. Uh, but, yeah, um, it's, it's, it's been a – year so far for Pelot. He's got a stranglehold on the points lead. Um, you know, I'm not going to give it to him yet until we know how good Joseph Newgarden can be at places like Mid-Ohio, Iowa, and St. Louis. Uh, but yeah, it's been one hell of an impressive run so far um, for that 10 team for Alex Pelot. And, and we'll see what happens with his contract and where he ends up next year. So, uh, Moving over to NASCAR real quick, and we're getting ready to get into this conversation here with Steve Wilson here in just a minute with NASCAR. They're down in Nashville. Great opportunity for Nashville. But also, Josh Berry going over to race for Dale Jr. next year. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? He's leaving Dale Jr. to go race for Tony Stewart. Um, I'm and sorry. I, thought, I had that backwards. My fault. Tony Stewart, <laughs> I thought Tony Stewart had a really good point, you know. Hey, I know that a lot of these team owners and and want to give, um, you know, want want to give these young drivers a chance. But I'm interested in someone that can come in, that can, can race my car, keep it clean, and compete for wins. And Josh Berry yeah. is and 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 is you know deserves an opportunity. So, um, I like that. We'll see who the who the replacement ends up being for, um, Eric Almarola, who we know is also getting ready to retire. Um, but yeah, uh, it should be a good weekend in Nashville. It's always a good, good race. Now that they, they've, uh, they're running that concrete slab down at the, down at the oval and, uh, it's a lot of fun to watch. And I'm looking forward to that NASCAR race coming up this weekend as they switch over to 16th street, excuse me, as they they switch over to NBC. Oh, yes, yes. Did you see Tony's uh, Tony Stewart's tweet this week? He said, you know, it's all fine and dandy for people who, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, so I'm not quoting exactly, but he says, it's all fine and dandy for somebody who has the ability to buy their way into the, to NASCAR. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in a driver who can earn their way into NASCAR. Just because you get a high school diploma doesn't mean that you're automatically a NASCAR driver. Tony still remains Tony, doesn't he? But what a great point that was that you brought that up with, with Josh Berry. So where, what are you guys working on, Tony D. Pod? and what's going on over at the fan place yeah we've got uh we've got a cool contest coming up today with the fans place the cubs and cardinals 110 <laughs> first pitch over uh over the pond in london you can lock your picks in for that speaking of nascar we have a nascar contest um you can you can win yourself some tokens it can be used to turn in for uh awesome prizes at a lot of our local partners cash prizes swag uh, so be sure to check it out uh, yeah, so we got a NASCAR contest that'll be live later on today, and uh, should be should be a lot of fun. Uh, gain those tokens, turn them in for great rewards, and uh, keep playing and have some fun with us. 
I, I love it. And go Cardinals. Tony, you have yourself a good weekend. We'll talk with you soon. All right, man. Take care. Take you, buddy. Tony Donahue, the Tony D Podcast, the fans place joining us, helping us break down the NBA draft. My name's Tom Marquis, El Presidente. Stick around. We're going to get into deep into the NASCAR talk. They are down in Nashville. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. Now the past is out of sight and out of mind. Swore I'd change, now I'm back chasing these white lines. I'm just a long-haired son of a sinner searching for new National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike... You know, dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, What is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mates. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? (laughs) No, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's 
fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is masa lekwah pique, which of course in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish, in the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes. But it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Don't know much about history. Don't know much biology. Don't know much about a science book. Don't know much about the French I took. But I do know that I love you. Mandy, Mandy Pepperidge, well, I haven't seen you since we... Go away. I'm sorry, I can only stay a minute. Let me buy you some lunch. Oh, you've got your lunch. Well, how about some milk? You got your milk, too. Well, can I just massage your thighs while you eat? Do I have to leave? Is this any way to treat an intimate friend? The balance, the pick is in, and we're talking about the NBA draft. It is here and gone, actually here and gone, the anticipated NBA draft. Thank you, Adam Jitovaden, our partner in crime, Super Cavs fan, Super Browns fan, Super Guardians fan, Super Buckeyes fan. Well, hell, he's just our Swiss Army knife. <laughs> Helping us break down uh, the the uh, NBA draft. And then also Tony Donahue, as we just listened to uh, Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast and the Fans Place, uh, stopped by and also helped us with our, our homework card and the Pacers. And I said, oh, wait, there's more earlier in my opening da- dialogue. Steve Wilson uh, from Speedway Digest. Dot com. Our official NASCAR is down in Nashville. He is scheduled to be here. We are efforting to get him on <laughs> as we speak, but that's okay. I know that it's race weekend. The uh, Xfinities are qual- getting ready to qualify, and so we'll we'll get um, get him on as soon as he calls. I guess that's the best way to put it. Um, So we'll, we'll kind of just uh, put the brakes on the NASCAR for right now. We're, we'll swing back around here and cover it ourselves if we absolutely have to. But, I, you know, playing the home guard again with the Indiana Pacers, uh, we're here in Indianapolis, high atop the Balance Studios in Indianapolis, Indiana, on the west, in the west suburbs. That's where we, that's where we are at. So, you know, our homework card in the NBA draft was the NBA, was the NBA Pacers, the Indiana Pacers. Uh, 
And so they traded the seven and went to the eight, and they traded to the, the, the Wizards and ended up getting Jarris Walker um, out of Houston. Now, I think this is a good pick. At, at first, when the, when the first pick came out, I thought, oh, no, here we go. But, you know, I think the draft board broke in such a perfect way for the Pacers that Walker not only fell into their laps, you know, a gift from heaven, manna, get your manna. I know, I, I I digress, but you old-time radio people, you know exactly what I'm talking about there. Uh, but uh, they were able to move back a spot and still get him. Uh, you know, a big win for our Indiana Pacers. Uh, you know, Walker uh, looks like a six-foot-seven linebacker, if you want to know the truth. He's a big guy. Uh, so fitting, his ceiling uh, sits highest on the defensive end. Um he has switched literally every he has switched every literally everything potentially into quickness uh to to keep him in front of the guards and, and the strength of the bigs uh on the low back. Having him and Miles Turner in the same front court could lead to a lot of sleepless nights for the Indiana opponents. Just saying it'd be nice to kind of get back up there with the Indiana Pacers. We're still efforting to get a hold of Steve Wilson of Speedway Digest. Uh, hopefully, we can get into our NASCAR talk with him. If not, uh, you and I, I could spend some time talking about uh, NASCAR uh, down in Nashville. So, uh, we, we have not uh, forgot about that segment. But we just want to make sure that we can uh, for sure get uh, uh, Steve on. Going back to uh, Walker and the Indiana Pacers, off the ball, he, he he's a – He's a chaos-creating playmaker who can who can change games in with momentum momentum shifting steals blocks grab and go rebounds. That's that's Walker who's now with the Pacers, and he can finish and feed uh, open teammates both both of which will make him a strong pick uh, pick and roll type screener. The question is whether or not he'll add the threat of popping out as a perimeter shooter. His 34.7% splash rate, if you will, with the Cougars in Houston, which is where he went to college at, uh, seems fine. But a 66.3% connection rate at the fouling uh, does pr- provide some concerns on Walker. Like I said, I definitely give them a, an A grade. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, if Walker's shooting pans out, you know, this could be a Solid pick for the Pacers. So, um, you know, I, 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 I like what the Pacers did. Maybe maybe we've got some future. You know, I, I, I'm cautiously like, hey, do I want to get this excited over a pick yet? We don't know. But we've done it in the past. The Pacers start off strong, strong, strong. And then something happens. Something happens along the way, and not sure what or how that happens. I've got a frog in my throat. Thanks, God, for my Gatorade right here on the Balance Studio desk. <laughs> so we got the um, Xfinity race today down in Nashville, Nashville Super Speedway. And I, I was trying to remember. It's been a little bit since they've been down there, I know. Uh, but, man, it's a great, it's a great track. It's a great time. 
National Super Speedway. It's actually in Middle Tennessee, and Melissa's down there in in Tennessee, not in Nashville, but she's down in Tennessee uh, today. So I'm handling everything here at the Balance Studios all myself, you know. But there, it's a it's it's really a racing jewel, if you will, uh, and it's back on the NASCAR schedule. How exciting is this? I mean, uh, that is a a year. It's a year-round family. Uh, destination one of the fastest growing of one of the fastest growing cities in the country nashville is a great city uh, it's a staple of the regional sports there entertainment festivals all kinds of stuff i mean if you're from around this area or you're or you know nashville then you know uh, the nashville super speedway uh so in in 2022 nashville hosted the alley 400 nascar cup series race on sunday june 26th and then the lottery 250 uh, on the 25th. Uh, but uh, before that, Nashville uh, hosted its first event. It was in 2001. So, you know, the largest concrete-only track in Nashville, Nashville Super Speedway, is owned by Speedway Motorsports. Fun fact, fun fact here, Speedway Motorsports uh, also owns Atlanta Motor Speedway, Bristol, Charlotte, Dover, Kentucky, Las Vegas, Nashville, New Hampshire, Sonoma, and Texas. <laughs> fun fact there, huh? My, my, my mind is littered with, with fun facts. So that's what's going on with, with where the, the destination is uh, for uh, NASCAR. And, you know, we'll get into the race and stuff here in just a moment. Still uh, standing by for Steve Wilson of Speedway Digest. Um, but as as we were just talking about at the end of the segment with with the Tony Donahue uh, of the Tony D podcast and the fans place, uh, he, he covers a lot of racing as well, and especially in the IndyCar scene. But we see Josh Berry leaving uh, Junior Motorsports to go to Tony Stewart. And I think this is a good pickup. I think this is a good pickup for Tony Stewart. Obviously, Kevin Harvick is leaving. Uh, is leaving Stewart. Uh, he's retiring, going into the the booth. This is his retirement round. So uh, my guess is he'll be filling that car. Uh, but you know, it's it's a great opportunity for him. He's he's not the kind of guy who's like, hey, here I am. I'm paying my way. And I, and I do like what you know. Tony's going to be Tony. He's going to say what's on his mind. He always has. If you if you follow NASCAR for any time at all. At all you know exactly what I'm talking about with Tony Stewart, um, but it, it, it's a great, it's a great point. And nothing against those that that have the ability to get it done, but just because you can be a good salesman, let me put it that way, just because you can be a good salesman and get some uh, and buy your way into the uh, to the races doesn't mean that you're going to be a good driver. Earn your way. And that's what Tony said. I want, I want, a, I want a kid that can earn his way, uh, and Josh Berry has certainly done that. But I want a kid that can earn his way uh, into NASCAR, not pay his way. Just because you get a, a high school diploma does not necessarily mean that you're going to be a great NASCAR driver. So, you know, interesting to, to, to see that. Uh, so, you know, Jamie McMurray, who's going to be replacing him in the booth? That's another story that we could talk about here while we're, while we're waiting to get into to the race. Um, Jamie McMurray joined the Fox booth as the third member of the broadcast team and in the NASCAR series at Sonoma calling Toyota uh, at 350 alongside, long, alongside full-time announcers Mike Joy and Clint Boyer. 
Um, and so McMurray was a you know a guest analyst, and so uh, they are moving over to NBC now. So uh, the, the the series shift from from NASCAR. So NBC is set to show four regular season races, uh, and so that begins this weekend. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that that will be. Fox will no longer be utilizing this approach um, of bringing in a guest analyster to analysts. So Jamie McMurray. Uh, very familiar face. Um, it does not look like it does not look like uh, we are going to be able to get um, Steve Wilson on today. So let's just talk a little bit about what's going on in NASCAR. Let's talk a little bit about Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson sees stage points as an opportunity for the regular seat and championship battle. Um, these are some of the things we we're going to talk with Steve about. I apologize that we weren't able to get him on, uh, but. Uh, I know that that uh, Xfinity, I believe, is qualified now or getting ready to qualify. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, the Truck Series, um, Carson uh, Hokeberry well, won the Truck Series. But Kyle Larson, let's go back to Kyle Larson. You know, we 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 talked a lot about Kyle Larson on this show, and uh, he's a great driver. You know, and he's got a great story, uh, a great story. A few years back, and we won't go into all the details, but but basically he made a mistake. He made a poor judgment. He said something that he shouldn't have said. We're not going to use the word that he used uh, on this show, uh, but he said something that he shouldn't say, and he, he well he paid a hefty price for it. A lot of people, a lot of people thought that he would never uh, be back in in a NASCAR. Not only has he came back. Not only has he won his earned won a, earned his wins and earned his way back, uh, he's also exceeding in all kinds of race series: the World of Outlaws, the midgets, the dirt races, you name it. Uh, chances are, uh, you can certainly find Kyle Larson in a race car everywhere in multiple race uh, series. And so he, he's a he's a good uh, fan. I'm a as a fan, I like Kyle Larson. The last time Kyle Larson won the NASCAR Cup Series regular season championship, he went on to win his first, his first Bill Friends Cup at the Phoenix uh, Raceway in 2021. But the battle for the regular season title winds down this time around. And Larson finds himself about 85 points behind the top spot in the, in the standings, in, six, in 65 down in, in one key area, and that would be the stage points. Despite a 16 and a half average finish, uh, uh, by five DNS, which is uh, did not finish, Larson has a pair of victories in the top ten finishes in nearly half of the races so far headed into Sunday's race down in Nashville. That'll be on NBC, by the way, PRN, Sirius, and NASCAR. Uh, but even with the number of uh, strong finishes. Uh, Kyle Larson has just uh, not been where he wants to be at, not felt the way that he wants to feel in the, at this time of year. Uh, he, I mean, he has noticeably had trials throughout the early portions of the races, leaving him as sitting well behind top contenders in the stage points uh, category. A, a big factor
We're still trying to get a hold of uh And we got it. Steve Wilson, uh, editor-in-chief of SpeedwayDigest.com and our official NASCAR contributor, joins us. Fashion will be late, but it's okay. Hey, man, I get it. You're in a different time zone. I get it. How are you, sir? (laughs) I'm doing fine. You said 1030. (laughs) I set my alarm. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. (laughs) It's like, wait a minute. I'm still an hour behind. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love it. I love it. Great, great oh, times. Lord. No worries, buddy. Great times. No worries. I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I didn't have to suffer through doing NASCAR all by myself. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I was just talking a little bit about Kyle Larson and the struggles that he's having. I was, you know, solo in it. Uh, but so we'll, we'll pick up there. Kyle Larson is really kind of not where we're used to seeing him, especially when he made his his big comeback, and uh, certainly he's going to have to depend a lot on stage points. That's kind of what I was getting ready to talk about. But what are your thoughts about Kyle Larson, where he's at this this time of the year? Yeah, I mean, it really has been a struggle. And he, you, know, you go back and kind of look where you know, he, he did come back. And, you know, we we talked about him winning every other week. And, uh, I mean, even going going so far down, it's even some of the dirt stuff and, you know, we just don't hear the, you know, the every other week Kyle Larson and Victor Lane kind of deal. And, uh, you know, every driver has their ups and downs. And, you know, it seems to be on that kind of downslope right now. But, you know, as Hendrick as a whole is kind of on that downslope too, uh, except for like it seems to be William Byron seems to be the only one right now at Hendrick Motorsports that is staying fairly consistent. You know, after uh, Chase Elliott has had all his problems being out and, you know, some of the other issues that they've had and, you know, now they're so far behind, the, you know, uh, that they're not even going to be able to point themselves in at this point. Um, you know, they got 10 races to either win a race or do something there. And then you got Alex Bowman. He's kind of in the same position, too. You know, he's he's injured himself. And, you know, he's he's out of this thing, too, as far as um, points are concerned. But, I mean, it, it, it seems like Hendrick Motorsports this year has just kind of been off, except for um, uh, William Byron, who's – his multi-time winner over there for them, but uh, it, it's just kind of a strange situation where you see drivers like that, and you know we talk about a week in and week out, and then they slot off the grid a little bit. And um, I mean, every big team goes through this kind of a uh, transitional period from time to time, and it seems like now it's uh, Hendrick Motorsports' turn to kind of be in that transitional phase of, you know, they're they're not the ones we talk about every week. Absolutely. Well, another big news that popped up this week, uh, we found out Josh Berry is going to be leaving uh, Dell Jr. Motorsports, going to be leaving Dell Earnhardt Jr.'s uh, Motorsports and going to be headed over to Tony Stewart. And Josh Berry did not buy the right to be Kevin Harvick's successor at Stewart Haas Racing. Uh, He earned it. And I loved and, you know, Tony Stewart's going to be Tony Stewart. We mentioned this a little bit earlier in the show. Uh, but he's always going to say what's on his mind. Uh, but he said, like, I'm not interested in some kid's father uh, coming and buying their way into NASCAR Cup Series uh, ride. I, I have zero interest in that. And that's what Tony Stewart said. He also said, uh, you know, just because you can buy your be a good salesman or whatever and buy your way into it or you've got a high school diploma doesn't mean that you're – you're going to be a good NASCAR driver. So he's earned his right to to, to uh, take over for Kevin Harvick. Obviously, those are huge uh, uh, shoes to fill. 
uh, 32 years old, and and uh, he's had to work for everything that that he that he's had. But he was he was certainly discovered by Dale Jr. Uh, on the I racing uh, uh, more than a decade decade ago. Uh, but what are your thoughts, Josh Berry, going over to uh, Tony Stewart or Stewart Haas Racing? Yeah, I mean, it really is an interesting story. And even before he was discovered on this iRacing platform, he was, you know, uh, he was a blank bank teller out in Tennessee. And, you know, here, here's a guy, you know, just working a everyday job, getting online at night, mm-hmm. you know, play, playing around on some iRacing. And, you know, somebody like Dale Jr. discovers you and puts you in a late model and eventually puts you in an extended series. And, uh, you know, through 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 other issues that we talked about with Elliot and Bowman and, you know, other guys in, in, in other teams and the Chevrolet camp, you know, this guy gets called up, you know, week in and week out, you know, for, for others that are on the injured list. And, you know, now, now he, now he, now he, here he is taking over for one of the biggest team, bigger teams in NASCAR. And, you know, it, we, we've seen, you know, we've seen his natural progression. And I mean, William Byron is another, you know, I just talked about him a second ago. You know, William Byron was another driver that really didn't have any background, too. He kind of, he put, he did the iRacing path, too. So, you know, for, for everybody that's out there, I mean, it, it, it's, it, everybody takes a different different route into this. And Josh Berry is just another, is William, is a, is a kind of a different story to William Byron. William Byron kind of came up in this sport when he was 17, 18 years old. And you know, here's a guy in his 30s now that is getting ready to take over a Cup Series car as a as a rookie. We really don't talk about those stories anymore because everybody is looking for that 17, 18 year old that they can cultivate and and bring into the series. Not some 30 year old guy that was playing i racing a decade ago and is now taking over as a rookie for one of the biggest teams. We just don't hear those stories anymore like we used to. Absolutely. It's a great story, and I'm excited to see how he does over at Stuart Haas. Let's talk a little bit about the truck races. Uh, the truck races happened last night out in uh, down in Nashville there. Nashville, a great uh, uh, racetrack to race in. Uh, Bailey Curry finished fifth. He may not have won the race, but he had a hell of a night. Uh, talk with us a little bit about how Bailey Curry fought his way all the way to the fifth-place finish in the truck series in, in Nashville last night. And of course, we know Carson Hokaver. I think I said that uh, one, and then along with Zane Smith and Nick Sanchez on the podium there. Uh, but Bailey Curley, boy, he uh, he had himself a race last night. Yeah, no, Barry, Bailey Curry, he's a, he's a guy that has kind of not raced for the most funded teams in the world throughout his career, and he, he was in the truck last night for Nice Motorsports. He, he actually started on the outside pole next to Nick Sanchez, uh, was able to grab the lead very briefly a couple different times throughout the race, and, I mean, he was he was up there battling some of some of the biggest guys in the sport. You know, Corey Heim last night. He was battling him at one point to try and take the lead back. Uh, you know, he Zane Smith was he he hounded Zane Smith for a very long time, and and, and those two did battle for for a long time too. Um, and then he comes out and, and he, he gets this he gets this top five finish out there last night. He was consistent all night long. He was battling in the right places. I mean, he was battling in some of the stronger, uh, more well-funded teams. And not that Nice Motorsports isn't a well-funded team because they are, because they also won the race at the same time. But you know, here here's a guy that has, you know, not not been in that type of equipment uh, before. And I mean, it really showed that you know just 
he has the talent to do this, and, and he, he did do it all night long, and, and I think it's impressed a lot of people. And, you know, for Bailey Curry to get that opportunity to be able to showcase some of that is, is really going to uh, put a spotlight on his future going forward. But, you know, yeah, you're right, really impressed by him last night. Well, let's move on uh, to the Xfinity Series the racing today. They are qualifying a little bit later, or they're qualifying now. I know C.J. McLaughlin hit the wall pretty hard in, in, in practice. Uh, that kind of put a damper on them. How's that going to affect the qualification there? Uh, and uh, he did hit the wall, spin, and you know, set the car to the garage. So, um, what what are your thoughts on C.J. McLaughlin? And let's talk about the Xfinity Series here at Nashville, and also talk with us a little bit about you know how how great of a track this this Nas uh, this Nashville track is. You know, the owners of that track own several tracks, and I found that out yesterday when I was doing show prep. So very, very good track to run out there, and, and uh, uh, all concrete, and so it should be interesting. So let's talk a little bit about the Xfinity race today and the qualifying and uh, where, where we expect to be at. Yes, you know, it, that was a very early on crash, single solo crash. He went out there and banged that car into the wall, took it back to the garage, and that team is just going to have to roll off a, a backup car because of it, it was just too extensively damaged to be able to go back there and fix anything on that. I mean, the whole rear end was destroyed onto it. So, you know, for them, uh, it's going to put them a little bit behind the eight ball, but they've at least had all day yesterday and, you know, some parts of today to be able to get that car ready to go. Uh, as far as the Xfinity Series later today, Ty Gibbs was fastest in practice yesterday. Uh, he, he's going to make his return back to the Xfinity Series this weekend, um, taking over for that Joe Gibbs car. Uh, again, doing some double duty between tonight, today and tomorrow. And, um, you know, just kind of – uh, you you go in and I mean he he was considerably faster in a lot of ways than some of the others who went out there I think ran about thirty eight forty laps or something like that I mean he was consistently faster than everybody else out there, um so I I would look for him to continue to be really strong today not only in qualifying when it, when he when his turn comes up but later in the race today and as for a concrete track I mean they, you know they, it, it's a it's a lot of places that you can move around into it and I was watching this last night in the truck series race that you know you you can you can go out there and do get three four wide in these corners out there because it's really wide and it has a lot of grip around the racetrack and we were we were watching trucks last night in that last time in that last green flag run where uh, six or seven to go or something like that whenever the last caution came out and then there was a three lap shootout uh you know t- tires are going to be tires are going to be where it's at and we saw drivers that uh you know 12th 13th uh, when they came off pit road and, and the leaders all stayed out uh and drivers that decided to take they were going to take four tires on you know they were able to take this thing three or four wide past five six seven car trucks all at one time and with relatively ease, but they, you're going to they're going to wear down. They wear down really quickly. Uh, that's kind of the thing. You get a lot of grip real quick, and then you get all, no grip real quick too at the same time because they, that concrete just tears those, those tires up. So um, you got real kind of relatively short run speeds on on these where you can move around and do a lot of different things, and then it, it, they just start to disintegrate from the tire standpoint and losing the grip. And you know then you kind of got to fall back in line, which that's what we saw a lot of times with them. Um, you know, Zane Smith, when he was trying to chase down Carson Hosepar last night, too, is, you know, on the restarts and the new tires, they were able to just, you know, be able to go up there and battle one another. But then slowly but surely, you could you could see the, the trucks, you know, starting to slow down and 
the intervals getting bigger between one another. So I expect to see more of that today and tomorrow in the Xfinity Cup Series race. Talking with Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of SpeedwayDigest.com, your one-stop place and number one source for uh, NASCAR. He's also our official NASCAR contributor. Let's talk about a few drivers we got our eyes on for tomorrow before we have to wrap it up and put a bow on it. We're always on the Chief Elliott watch, uh, and uh, Chief Elliott is, is uh, certainly scrapping his way to stay in the, the mix of everything. We don't even know if he's even going to make it to the playoffs. But Chase Elliott watch in Nashville, what are your thoughts? Yeah, he, I mean, he won this race last year. It was a ring really late race for him. But, you know, he, if there's anywhere, he's got 10 races, as I said, you know, to get into this thing. Right now, he's out of it based on points just because of how far he's been out and some of the other issues that he's had over the last couple of weeks. So, you know, he's 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 not hot right now. He's he's kind of cold, and, you know, he needs to make up for this pretty quickly. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Kyle Larson. We talked a little bit about him earlier, about a win would certainly help his his cause a lot in the 2023 season. Yeah, I mean, it would. But he's also been, you know, fairly consistent to the point. I mean, while, while you know, he's been consistent to a point where, you know, he, he's he's good to go. I think I think we'll see him. We won't have – I don't I don't think right now that we're going to – have any issues with how Larson got into this thing in the postseason. And, you know, right now it's, you know, while, you know, he's probably been fairly inconsistent all around, you know, it is consistent. Apparently it's consistent enough to get himself into the playoffs later this year. But, you know, a win this week or, you know, hey, next week or sometime, you know, whenever he gets around to that win. But, you know, every point, every point matters right now. And, you know, for some drivers, it matters for more than others. Denny Hamlin, uh, what are your thoughts on Denny Hamlin? He he seems to do well in these kind of courses, and Denny's kind of had one of these up and down uh, seasons. But uh, Denny Hamlin in Nashville tomorrow. Well, you know, you you want to have a good showing for for Denny. I mean, it, it, this is not too far for the home of FedEx, so of course you you want your sponsor to be happy by uh, yeah. with you at the end of the day. And you know, it, 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 Denny 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 is you know concentrating on you know trying to drive this car as well as run twenty three XI Motorsports, and I know that he's got people over there too. But at the same time, you know, it needs to be a really big you know time you know splitting his time between the two, and maybe that's where he's falling short a little bit, but, you know, Denny has always been a driver in which we, we talk about a lot, you know, kind of being inconsistent in a lot of ways and having a roller coaster ride and trying to make these things and then kind of bails, bails out on the playoffs at some point because it's just, you know, it, it, you know, the inconsistency comes and rears its head once again. And, you know, uh, while I think he makes the playoffs in the end of the year, I think unfortunately it just comes down to the same things as before with, you know, him just not being able to capitalize uh, on on times that he needs to be there and the points that he needs to be uh, to to move on. And, you know, I, you know, I think uh, Denny Hamlin becomes like, in my view, like maybe another Mark Martin where he's a good driver and he wins a lot of races, but he just never wins the championship at the end of the day. All right, one more driver, Ross Chastain. I'm a I'm a fan of Ross Chastain. I'm a fan of the watermelon busting. Uh, does he bust a watermelon this weekend? Um, you know, uh, hey, hey, you know, track house racing over the last couple of weeks, they've 
they've kind of struggled a little bit. And, and Ross Chastain is no, is kind of same to this too. And, you know, he needs to get back on that. He needs to get back onto this. Uh, he's lost his point, stand, his point standings in, in in the Cup Series. So, you know, that that's due in part to to some of the finishes that they've had. But um, you know, I, I, you know, Ross Chastain is good to go. I, I, I think he's fine. I mean, maybe they're just stacking up points right now at this point to get to the playoffs or whatever the case may be. But you know, for Ross, um, you know, again, they, you know, they're they're another kind of hometown team where some of their stuff is based out of here in Nashville, and a lot of their sponsors are based out of the Nashville area. So. You know they they again want want some uh, good showings, but you know if they, if if Ross Chastain is is maybe going to go and find some victory lane, maybe it's next week in uh, in uh, in Chicago with this new street course that they got going on next week, and uh, he did this at Coda, and he seems to be a a fairly decent you know when it comes to you know kind of surprising in a lot of ways that he's a fairly decent uh, road racer, and we saw that at Coda, and we've seen his finishes at Coda and the Roval and places like that, so. Um, you know, he, he'll be strong tonight, yeah, I mean, tomorrow night, but, you know, at the same time, you know, look forward to some of the races come up in the future for him. Steve Wilson of Steve, uh, SpeedwayDigest.com, editor-in-chief and our official NASCAR contributor. Steve, where can people find your work in Masterpieces, sir? You follow us at Speedway Digest on Speedway Digest, at Speedway Digest on Twitter. <laughs> Uh, Facebook.com slash Speedway Digest and SpeedwayDigest.com. Good Lord. I, 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 I don't know what I'm doing today. Like, again, I set my alarm for 1030 or like right before 1030, you know, like, <laughs> I forgot that we're behind. Oh, it's all good, buddy. I hope you have yourself a good race weekend, sir. Enjoy yourself down there in Nashville. Get, a, get over, right, get over to, uh, get over, get over to the, uh, what's the honky tonk bar that's on NASCAR? Oh, I can't remember the name of it now. Oh, um, um, Tootsie's and Rachel Riviera and yeah. yeah, Tootsie's. Get over to Tootsie's. It's a great place to go. I've actually been there before. So enjoy the city, okay. sir. <laughs> All, All right, buddy. We'll talk with you soon. Have a good one. Bye bye. Bye. Steve Wilson, editor in chief of SpeedwayDigest.com, our official NASCAR contributor, hopping on a little bit late, but that's okay. We'll give we'll give him a, we'll give him a pass on, on on this one down in Nashville, an hour behind. I get it. Totally understand. Um, also, thank you, Adam Jividen, uh, our partner in crime, Super Cavs fan, Super Browns fan, Super Guardians fan, and, well, our Swiss Army Knight. Thank you, Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast and the Fans Place, all of them helping us break down uh, the NBA draft. And we went through our picks and what we thought we put our homework cap on with the, with the Pacers uh, as well. And, of course, we just wrap things up with NASCAR. Thank you for uh, listening to our podcast do me a favor, go ahead and hit subscribe and like so we know how awesome you are. Because, well, hell, we know how awesome we are. And, uh, you know, make sure that you check us out on uh, thebalancedsportscast.com as well and on the, the world of Twitters. My name is Tom Marcos, El Presidente. I'm out of here. Don't drink and drive. It isn't cool. Deuces. Right now, I just need you to get real loose. Get comfortable. Grab your loved ones, or grab your love partner. And if you're by yourself, no worries. Just follow after me. Yeah. Gonna do the two-step and cowboy boogie. Grab a sweetheart and.